Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Knowledge with Homage. I am your host, David Castle. It is August 27, 2019, and the lungs of the earth are dying. And we are going to die with it, apparently, according to basically everyone. Let's hear it. The latest now from the Amazon, where thousands of wildfires continue to burn through the lungs of the world. 20% of our oxygen comes 20%. from the Amazon. The fires have scorched 1.8 million acres. It's now a crisis for the global environment. But overnight, Brazil rejected millions of dollars from G7 nations to fight the fires. Matt Gutman is on the front lines in Brazil. Good morning, Matt. Hey, good morning, George. And overnight, Brazilian officials offering no reason for rejecting that offer, only saying that the money might be better served reforesting Europe. But having been on the front lines yesterday, seeing the terrifying speed and ferocity of those blazes, it seems Brazil could use all the help it can get. That fire exploding through those palms, exploding towards us. It's shocking how fast we've seen this fire march. It's moved about 200 yards in the past five minutes alone. Oh the my heat God. and the embers he whipping by, beating us back. We arrived there just minutes earlier, seeing that column of smoke rising above this man's farm, the fire all around. He said his name is Geronimo, and he was worried he'd lose it all. There's nothing that can be done with this fire. It's going to consume this farm. This is just one of tens of thousands of fires burning in Brazil and Bolivia right now. The Amazon, often called the lungs of the earth, producing 20% of, of the world's oxygen, 20%. burning at a record rate. On Monday, G7 nations collectively pledged $40 million to help save the Amazon. But many say it isn't nearly enough. Overnight, protesters across Brazil begging for the world's help. But Brazilian officials saying overnight they'll reject the offer. Facing international criticism, it hasn't done enough. Brazil this week began to deploy 44,000 troops and the C-130 water tankers. But in so many places, more is needed. At that farm, that fire whirling closer. We okay, blah, blah, blah. I've had enough of that shit. Basically... There's fires in the Amazon, and obviously it is catastrophic and it's bad, but they're blowing it out of proportion and it's being used as a political agenda. Whenever the big celebrities are hopping onto it, like Leonardo DiCaprio and fucking, ah, there's a bunch of them, I think Harrison Ford or something, they're all gonna give, no, 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 Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, Leonardo DiCaprio and Robert Downey Jr., they're gonna give up a bunch of their own money and they're gonna save the rainforest, because they care. Because they're nice, you know, it's Tony Starks and fucking the Wolf of Wall Street, man. They care about us. But they're just following a political agenda. They don't give a fuck. And that that should just be a big indication that it's a, I mean, it's obviously, it's not a hoax. There is fires going on, but they're being used as a political agenda. And the, the number they keep throwing out, the 20% and the lungs of, of the world, that's bullshit. It uh, it does provide a significant amount of oxygen, but it's not 20% of the global oxygen supply. That's a made-up number. That's like when they say 97% of scientists all agree, blah, 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 on climate change, on global warming, this and that. And this is a, a big thing for the global warming agenda and getting people on board with that, getting people scared and getting people to turn over more of their rights to a global government. This is something that has been orchestrated by the globalists and it's, you know, whenever all of the different news stations are all saying the same shit, and whenever you have all these people on Facebook and Instagram posting these memes that are trying to supposedly spread awareness and saying, we have to do something. The lungs, our lungs, they're dying. It's just, that's, 
that's when you should raise an eyebrow and be like, wait a second, why is everybody saying the exact same shit at the exact same time? And it's all furthering the exact same purpose for the globalists and the climate change, the global warming. But of course, they're never going to mention weather modification. They're never going to mention the fact that they're spraying all this stuff into the sky and manipulating it with electromagnetic waves through installations like HARP and the Gwen Towers and all of that stuff. None of that stuff matters. Directed energy weapons don't matter. None of that stuff matters. It's just, you know, believe whatever propaganda is being thrown in your face, and that's exactly what it is, is propaganda. And I am going to dispel the 20% number right now with this article by Yadvinder Mali. He's an eco-scientist. With the article that says, does the Amazon provide 20% of our oxygen? And I'm going to skip to the middle of the article here where he breaks down the numbers. He says, the 20% figure comes from a partial understanding of the global oxygen cycle. The tropical forests account for about 34% of global photosynthesis. It is shown in the figure below. uh, Blah, blah, blah. The figure shows the global land distribution of photosynthesis. The rainforests are the big red patches on the Amazon. Accounts for about half of the world's rainforests. Tropical rainforests photosynthesize so much because they have a year-long growing season not constrained by winter or drought. The units in the figure at G of carbon per square meter and in the summary table below... All right, so you got to be referencing the table. I'm skipping over this shit. Uh, talks about th- 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 how photosynthesis, you're taking carbon dioxide and converting it into oxygen. That's what they mean by saying it's the world's lungs. Because plants take in carbon dioxide and produce oxygen. That's what photosynthesis is. You know, you should have learned that in school. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Talking more about the fucking images which i can't show you because this is a podcast but says the amazon just under half of the tropical rainforest is about 16 percent of total photosynthesis and oxygen production so they rounded up to 20 percent and that that's basically where it's coming from but let's let's get into the specifics it says but rather like the buddhist parable of the blind monks who each can only feel part of the elephant and therefore disagree on what the animal is there are at least two important additional bits of information needed for a full picture first the phytoplankton in the oceans also photosynthesize generating about 240 pg of oxygen per year so total global photosynthesis land and sea produces about 570 pg of oxygen per year therefore in terms of total global Photosynthesis, photosynthesis in the Amazon contributes around 9%. This is smaller, but still substantial. So we go from 20% to 9%. Second, a bigger point that is often missed is that the Amazon consumes about as much oxygen as it produces. This is shown in the diagram below, but I can't show you the diagram. Plants produce oxygen through photosynthesis. However, the same plants consume the equivalent or of over half the oxygen they produce in their own respiration. Plants metabolize just as animals do, just at a slower rate. And at night, when there is no photosynthesis, forests are net absorbers of oxygen. The remaining 40% of the Amazon oxygen budget is consumed mainly by microbes breaking down the dead leaves and wood of the rainforest, a natural process called heterotrophic respiration. So, in all practical terms, the net contribution of the Amazon ecosystem, not just the plants alone, to the world's oxygen is effectively zero. 
The same is pretty much true of any ecosystem on Earth, at least on the timescales that are relevant to humans, less than a millions of years. The oxygen levels in the atmosphere are set on million-year timescales by the subtle balance of geological, chemical, and biological processes. They are not set by the short-term. Short-term equals anything less than hundreds of thousands of years. Activities or existence of current biomes. A final point to make is that the atmosphere is awash with oxygen at 20.95%. Uh, carbon dioxide, by comparison, is around 405 parts per million, whereas oxygen is 209,000 parts per million, um, over 500 times less than oxygen, and rising about 2 to 3 parts per million per year. Human activity, around 90% of which being fossil fuel combustion has caused this oxygen concentration to drop by around 0.005% since 1990, a trivial amount. In parallel, the same, the same activities have caused carbon dioxide concentrations to rise by 37 parts per million since 1990 or 10%. This is a much more substantial percentage because there is so little carbon dioxide in the atmosphere to begin with. So human activities that emit or absorb, absorb carbon dioxide can make a major difference. So, that was a long article. I don't know if that made sense. But basically what I'm trying to say is that number, the 20%, the lungs of the earth and stuff, it's it's blown way out of proportion and is not exactly true. And whenever they're throwing out made-up statistics like that, you should know that there's some sort of political agenda behind this. And, you know, whenever they're throwing out the climate change, global warming, we need to do something right now. Or everyone's going to die. It's always like a catastrophic event. Like somebody's going to drop a fucking nuclear bomb tomorrow if this forest fire continues one more day. And it's not like that. Forest fires happen. They've always happened. Uh, I'm not trying to minimize, you know, the catastrophe and make it seem like it's not fucked up. But a lot of these fires are intentionally set by the farmers. Um, if you go to these countries around the world where people, you know, it's not exactly an industrialized nation. A lot of people are living off of the land and stuff. People have to do what they got to do to make money. And the land provides money and beef and, and having animals graze and selling your cattle and stuff. That's what makes the most money. So naturally people are going to try to clear the forest and make more money selling beef. And that's just the way it goes. And uh, should you stop eating beef? I don't know. That's up to you. But is it contributing to global warming and are we all going to die tomorrow? No, of course not. That's ridiculous. That's a completely made up thing and it's bullshit. <laughs> and like I said, nobody, you know, with the whole global warming, um, climate change thing, nobody ever mentions weather modification. They never mentioned the chemtrails being sprayed into the atmosphere on a daily basis. And... They don't talk about how you can manipulate the jet stream. In fact, they could put out they could put out these fires tomorrow, you know, or or right fucking now, by manipulating the weather systems and just causing rainfall to go over there. They've had that technology for over half a century, but obviously they don't want to do that for whatever reason. And they're all attacking um, all the news media and world leaders from from everywhere at the G seven summit are attacking the Brazilian president. And people don't really like that guy. Everyone kind of fucking hates him. He rejected the $20 million that the G7 Summit offered him, which I'm sure he had his reasons to do that. He probably doesn't want the rest of the world meddling in Brazil's affairs and stuff and trying to um, 
manipulate his country through money because that's the way they do it is through giving out loans and things like that and then you're kind of subservient to whatever policies they want you to adhere to. So, I mean, you know, and to think that these fires are super easy to put out, like they got fire stations all around the middle of the Amazon rainforest, that's ridiculous. And it also goes into Bolivia and, you know, the Amazon basically goes over a large portion of that continent there. So, there's a lot of logistical aspects and it's not as easy as one may make it seem. And, but it's all about the climate change thing and people have to believe that and it gets everyone all riled up, you see. That's what these stories are meant to do. It's meant to get you to have an emotional reaction and therefore you're going to be cool with whatever laws they pass in the future because they're going to point to this and be like, well, the Amazon is burning and... You know, that's the lungs of the earth, 20% of the oxygen that's produced. So we need to pass these laws and we need to have this global government and all of that in order to prevent that from ever happening again. I mean, that's what's going to happen in the, the grand scheme of things. And people have written books about this. It's a very old plan. And the climate change thing, it's essential to it. It's basically like the main part of it because there has to be a, an existential threat that is beyond our control in order for everyone to come together and form into one nation, which is what they want. They want a global nation, a global government. And before, you know, there was talk back in the days of H.G. Wells that we would do it with some sort of faked alien attack, which might still be on the table, but I think they're sticking more to the climate change thing. Basically, when there's a threat to the whole entire world, our only choice is to come together as one and battle that threat together. And it sounds good. I mean, it, it's the plan makes sense. But um, it's, you know, it's bullshit. So, <laughs> meanwhile, like I said, they're controlling the weather. I've said that like five times now. But it's very important to remember that. Like, even people who are aware of the chemtrails and, you know, the weather modification, I still see them posting like these memes and stuff talking about the lungs of the earth and how, you know, we're all going to die and stuff. But... I don't know. It's And that's the way that the misinformation is spread, and that's a large part of propaganda and mind control, is just leaving things out of the equation so you don't get the full story. You only get half of it, and therefore you come to a certain conclusion that they originally intended for you to come to, but you wouldn't have come to that conclusion if you had all the information. So by neglecting to mention certain things, you can manipulate perception. And... uh it's, you know, that's the way the world works. So it's pretty crazy. Um, but the climate change brainwashing and the way that people are just, they just latch on to anything said by somebody with the title of scientist. They say, scientists say blah, 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 and they'll immediately believe it. And that's because science is the new religion. There's a scientific dogma where these scientists, they're like the new clergy. They're like the new papacy where they're just untouchable and everything they say, it's like it was descended from God. It's the God of science. <laughs> and uh, that's the way society has been trained. That's what school was all about, was getting you to adhere to this scientific process. But it, that's the thing is when they say scientists say or science says or whatever, it's not based on real science because science is not an established like fucking 
party or whatever, you know, it's not an organization that says this is real and this isn't real. It's a method. It's it's a method of deduction. The scientific method is you have a, a question and then, you know, you want the answer to the question. So you make a hypothesis. You say, okay, maybe this will happen. And then you test the hypothesis. You gather data. You get your results. You interpret the results. And then you come to a conclusion. Was your hypothesis true or false? That's all science is. Science is a method of deduction. It is a way of figuring out what's happening. Now, not everyone follows this scientific method. When you have vested interests, when you have corporations and governments giving you millions and millions of dollars to come to a certain conclusion, you know, to then you manipulate the data. And that's what happens is scientists are just bought off. It's fucking easy because without having that grant money or the big money from the foundations, the international foundations that are controlled by the bankers, people like the Rockefellers and, you know, whatever Carnegie Institute, there's thousands of them. But the the money source all goes back to one source, and that is this globalist government that they're trying to create. So when all of the scientists in the universities and stuff, when they all depend on that one revenue source, then of course they're all going to come to the same conclusions, even though they're bullshit. It's not real science. It's just they're being fucking told what to say, and then that's what they say. It's that simple, really. I think... For some reason, people assume that scientists are more honorable than the normal person, but that's just not true, unfortunately. it's uh, They're all regular people, and they all got to make a buck, and that's the way that they gain their living, so they're going to lie just like anybody else, just like a salesman, and they have to be salesmen in order to get the grants and uh, the money from the big foundations and all that. So, I mean, essentially, that's the way the world works. And that's the reason why we're going to keep seeing this type of news. And it's always going to be more and more catastrophic. You know, like the time bomb is ticking and we better do something quick. And you better give up all of your rights and all of your freedoms and adhere to this global government, this new world order. Um, You know, and if you don't, then you're just a lunatic. If you question anything, if you do your own research... And if you actually read these documents like Agenda 21 and Agenda 30, and even going back to the formation of UNESCO, which is the United Nations Education, Science, and Cultural Organization founded by Julian Huxley, the brother of Aldous Huxley, who was a eugenicist. And what a eugenicist is, is somebody who believes that there is an elite, smarter, more intelligent, and more worthy segment of the population at the top. Uh, royalty and 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 whatnot, you know, fucking people high up in the universities and shit, rich people, and uh, they deserve to live more than you. Therefore, it's their job to kill everybody else off, and that is the agenda that we're living through right now. That's why there is um, a decrease in uh, people's potency, you know, decrease in birth rates, uh, in the the sperm count, and people aren't able to have babies as much as they could back in the day, and people are not encouraged to have babies. In fact, most people will voluntarily say they don't want babies anyways because they don't want to raise a child in such a shitty world. I mean, fuck, the lungs of the earth are dying. How could you have a baby at a time like this? You're going to have a baby and the kid ain't going to have no oxygen to breathe in 10 years or whatever, whatever bullshit statistic they're throwing out this week. So, I I mean, countless people 
I've had this personal conversation with where they say, I don't want to bring a child into this world. I mean, climate change and fucking terrorism. And, you know, you can't even go to Walmart without being shot by a fucking assault rifle. So why would I want to bring a child into this world? That's how a lot of people think, unfortunately. And, uh, man, it's just chaotic. And if you, if you watch the news and you believe everything you see on the news, then the world does seem very chaotic. But I don't think human beings were meant to live like that. We aren't supposed to know what's happening on every, you know, we're not supposed to know about every tragedy happening in every part of the world. Our brains are not wired to handle that much information and to interpret it objectively. It's just, you know, I think we're supposed to live our fucking little lives and, you know, have a, a limited number of things to worry about. And all the other stuff is just trivia. You can't do anything about it. Like, you really think your Facebook posts are going to change these fires? <laughs> I don't fucking get it, dude. Like, what can we do? And then people will say that it's our fault or, like, humans are destroying the world. And we need to just... It, the world would be better off if we just killed ourselves. And that's that was the whole plan. That's what they want us to believe, these... This one world government, you know, eugenicist people, that's what they want. <laughs> they want us to just kill ourselves and hate ourselves. Meanwhile, the people who are really destroying the planet are the people who are ruling it. We don't really have any say in what they do. I don't know. It's just crazy. This shit just fucking mind boggles me. And then when you try to like drop facts on someone and get them to understand you know, what's really going on. They'll just say a derogatory term and dismiss you, say, oh, you're crazy, or you're a conspiracy theorist, or whatever. But it's like, dude, nah, they like, they wrote a book about this shit. Multiple books. You know, very powerful, rich people, influential people who are, you know, creating policies and, and global fucking laws and shit. They, they wrote books explaining that they're going to do this. But facts don't matter when there's agenda. And uh, when people are this brainwashed. So it's uh, it's crazy. I mean, if you want to know more about the origins of this stuff, look into people like Julian Huxley. You know, read the book Brave New World and the book 1984. Learn about eugenics and where these societies came from and this scientific elite and the technocracy and the people who've decided that we're going to live under a scientific dictatorship, a form of socialism where it is essentially, you know, everybody in the world is ruled by experts, whatever that means, scientific experts, because they don't believe that regular people are fit to rule their own lives. And it's just a ploy to the global government thing. But that's that, and that's the world we live in. So 2019, um, this is the plan for the whole century. I think by 2100... I mean, obviously that's a long time from now, but I think the world is going to be completely different. Obviously. I mean, technology is going to continue to evolve and all of that, but, um, you know, trying to do away with all of the borders and stuff, national sovereignty is going to be a thing of the past. And... I just don't think it's going to be anything like the world we live in today or the world that we grew up in or the world our parents grew up in or our grandparents before that. Obviously, I mean, things have changed so much just in that short amount of time. 
but just with the rapid advancement of technology, things are going to get pretty fucking crazy. And one thing that is being introduced right now that is really going to be a big game changer, not just in terms of the health hazards, which are evident, but in terms of the surveillance and the capabilities of the technology in itself, is 5G. Now, this is being rolled out right now, um, despite the fact that nobody's, you know, nobody cares about the health effects. That Those are insignificant because the telecom industry... You know, the big, big, the big boys, AT&T, Sprint, fucking T-Mobile, whatever the fuck. They control everything. They control the FCC. The FCC has been completely corrupted. And the FCC has been been put in, um, they've been put in control of the health hazards of the 5G. And they don't even have anybody who's a doctor like looking into this shit. They have engineers who, they're not medical doctors. They're just engineers. So they know how to make the 5G wavelengths go through walls and shit, but they don't know what it's going to do once it hits your brain. And this is all intentional because it's evident that microwave, you know, microwaves and radiation have an effect on biological beings. They give you cancer. This is this is well documented. There have been many tests done but they're all swept under the rug because 5G is much more than just you having a phone that will, you know, download a movie quicker or whatever. It's a whole military surveillance network and you know, I th- I think it is meant to fucking get people sick and reduce the population and make you infertile and give you cancer and things like that. It also pairs up with the chemtrails because you know, they've been spraying all of this stuff into the atmosphere for over 20 years all of these heavy metals, uh, smart dust, all kinds of different shit. But the one common attribute that they have is they're all conductive. You know, these heavy metals, they all can hold a charge. They're ionized particulates. So essentially they could be used, you know, in conjunction with these electromagnetic waves and then they reflect the waves back. So they're basically like antennas. Or something like that. So since we've all breathed all this shit in and our bodies are full of this nanotechnology, it's it's full of the, the chemtrails shit, the heavy metals, the nanodust, all that shit. Now, what that'll do with the 5G, once they have all these radars everywhere, these antennas, I mean, um, and they're going to be everywhere, like fucking basically at every household because that's the only way that they can get it to work. First of all, they need an ionized atmosphere, so they need to be spraying all the chemtrails in the atmosphere, and they need our bodies all full of that shit as well, but also, they need these antennas, like, fucking at every other house, beaming this shit in through, you know, through the walls, and it's like smart meters fucking on steroids. It's just crazy. And the health effects are disastrous, but what it'll enable the, you know, the powers that be to do is to basically see through walls because the radar will be bouncing off of the fucking little chemtrail particles inside of us since we breathed it in and it, you know, it's in our bloodstream and shit like that. They can see through walls and just see exactly what everyone's doing and it'll give them like a 3D holographic fucking model of everything that's happening. This sounds like science 
you know, science fiction or something, but this is really the technology that's being rolled out right now. And uh, unbeknownst to the public. And if you notice what's really happening, then you're just crazy. And it's been uh, foreshadowed in many movies. Uh, the Avatar movie had something like that where, you know, there was all this nano dust or whatever that was everywhere and it enabled them to make a 3D model of the world, like a hologram. And you could see exactly what was happening, where everybody was, what they were doing. And there's a lot of literature on this, on um, how it works and stuff and what smart dust can do and nanotechnology. And it's just fucking crazy, man. Not to mention the mind control aspects of it. You have all of these, you know, all of this dust in your brain, metallic dust that can be manipulated by electromagnetic waves and every thought and every emotion that you have has a corresponding electrical signal so when you introduce a corresponding signal like the same one and then they resonate with each other then boom you're you're fucking mind controlling someone you could send thoughts right into their head just like a television i mean how do you think your tv works or how do you think wi-fi or your phone works it's all wireless technology your phone is a receiver and then you have the transmitter motherfucking thing antenna and they just beam the shit to you, and then your phone interprets it. So essentially, your brain does the same thing. Um, but now they can wirelessly induce thoughts into your brain. And that's fucking scary shit. I mean, imagine what's possible when you could do that. It's, uh, we're definitely living in some science fiction crazy fucking world, man. <laughs> and I don't know if I explain everything. Perfectly, I'll admit I'm not a scientist and I have a very elementary understanding of this technology. I couldn't explain to you the exact specifics of it because I didn't create it and I'm not in that field, but I can piece together, you know, the pieces of the puzzle and see the grand scheme of everything and, and kind of get a, a vague idea of what's happening. And it's not good. It's not fucking good. But if you notice what's happening and you try to explain it to people... And then people are going to try to shut you up and just call you crazy because that's the only defense. Um, it's long been known that ridicule and name-calling and just ostracizing someone is a very effective way to get them to shut up because people don't want to be different, dude. It sucks being made fun of and shit and called crazy and being made to feel different than the people around you. And that's why they do it, dude, because... They want you to feel like that. They don't want you waking people up. They don't want people actually thinking about shit. They want you being a dumb, stupid sheep. You know, go make that money, pay your taxes and shit, and then fucking die. You know, die as soon as possible. And don't have any kids either. And if you do, then kill them too. But, I don't know. It's just crazy, man. I have another article I want to read that I found very interesting, and this is about the social credit system. So in China, they have a social credit system, and this is basically, I think China is like a test zone for the New World Order type of world they want to bring in, like the totalitarian fascist fucking government that they want the whole world to adhere to, where everyone's like so brainwashed and shit. I think China's a testing ground for that, and they're kind of seeing what people are willing to put up with. Because if you if you look at what's going on in China, it's pretty fucking scary shit, and I for sure don't want it happening here in the United States. Um, but it is, and it's not happening through government mandates. It's happening through 
private corporations. And the thing is, with these corporations, a lot of them are set up by the CIA. And you have front men who are controlling, you know, who are CEOs of these companies and whatnot. And uh, they're really carrying out fucking, you know, the plan, the, the, the grand plan. But they can't do it through the government, they can't just make laws to do it, so they do it through private corporations because they can buy they can bypass uh, congressional oversight, and uh, they can get a lot more done that way. It's it's a fucking loophole, you know. So you put out a front man. I believe Elon Musk is one of these front men. I don't fucking trust that guy one bit. I think he's a fucking spook. Works for the CIA or something like that. And don't don't fucking trust the guy. He came out of nowhere and all of a sudden he's one of the most powerful, influential people in the whole world. And he's doing all these things that are going to, you know, change the world forever. He's one of the guys sending up to 20,000 satellites into orbit for the 5G. And when you're such an, you know, essential part of a military agenda, eh, you, you might have some suspicious ties. Which I think he does because I, I've looked into his origins and how he got all of his money and his investments that were just, you know, fucking perfect, perfectly on time and unheard of before in the history of investment. You know, the returns he got on his small investments to become this rich and powerful. It just doesn't fucking happen. It's impossible. It's absolutely impossible. And this guy is suspicious as fuck. And he's been made to seem like he's, uh, you know, like Tony Starks or something. He's like a superhero trying to save the world. He's warning us about AI. Meanwhile, he's the one fucking doing it and stuff. So, And I think um, a lot of the CEOs in, of different companies have similar stories. But maybe I'm just a conspiracy theorist. I don't know. But let's listen to this article. It is by FastCompany.com. Published on the 26th of August, and it is called, Uh-oh, Silicon Valley is building a Chinese-style social credit system. In China, scoring citizens' behavior is official government policy. U.S. companies are increasingly doing something similar outside the law. Have you heard about China's social credit system? It's a technology-enabled, surveillance-based, nationwide program designed to nudge citizens toward better behavior. The ultimate goal is to allow the trustworthy to roam everywhere under heaven while making it hard for the discredited to take a single step, according to the Chinese government. That's great. In place since 2014, the social credit system is a work in progress that could evolve by next year into a single nationwide point system for all Chinese citizens, akin to a financial credit score. It aims to punish for transgressions that can include membership in or support for the Falun Gong or Tibetan Buddhism, failure to pay debts, excessive video gaming, criticizing the government, late payments, failing to sweep the sidewalk in front of your store or house, smoking or playing loud music on trains, jaywalking, and other actions deemed illegal or unacceptable by the, by the Chinese government. <laughs> this is why I have no desire to go to China, because fuck that place, man, that's bullshit. It's just crazy, man. You can't, you, you'll get fined on your social credit system for not sweeping in front of your house or for playing too many video games or for being Buddhist. This shit's got to go, man. Fuck this place. And they're bringing it over here too because it's all, we're all controlled by the same motherfuckers. Uh, and by the way, just to interject, there was a Black Mirror episode about this. 
I suggest you watch that because that's another example of predictive programming. That fucking show is full of it. Full of predictive programming stuff. Um, but I'll continue. It can also award points for charitable donations and even taking one's own parents to the doctor. So that's how you gain points. You gotta do, you gotta do nice stuff. Punishments can be harsh, including bans on leaving the country, using public transportation, checking into hotels, hiring for high-visibility jobs, or acceptance of children to private schools. It can also result in slower internet connections, oh no, and social stigmatization in the form of registration on a public blacklist. China's social credit system has been characterized in one PV tweet as authoritarianism gamified. And at present, some parts of the social credit system are enforced nationwide and others are local and limited. There are 40 or so pilot projects operated by local governments and at least six run by tech giants like Alibaba and Tencent. Beijing maintains two nationwide lists calling the blacklist, called the blacklist and the red list, the former consisting of people who have transgressed and the latter people who have stayed out of trouble. A red list is the communist version of a white list. So I guess those are the you know the people who are doing okay. You're following the rules. You're a nice, good sheep. And these lists are publicly searchable on a government website called China Credit. The Chinese government also shares lists with technology platforms. So, for example, if someone criticizes the government on Weibo, Weibo their kids might be ineligible for acceptance to an elite school. Public shaming is also part of China's social credit system. Pictures of blacklisted people in one city were shown between videos on TikTok in a trial, and the addresses of blacklisted citizens were shown on a map on WeChat. So they're publicly shaming them. That's great. Some Western press reports imply that the Chinese populace is suffocating in a nationwide skinner box of oppressive behavioral modification. But some Chinese are unaware that it even exists, and many others actually like the idea. (laughs) And many others actually like the idea. Well, of course, (laughs) this is funny. One survey found that 80% of Chinese citizens surveyed either somewhat or strongly approve of the social credit system. Yeah, well, no shit, because if you fucking speak out against it, then you're fucked, and your score drops. So, of course, they'll say, well, I love the social credit system, and they're fucking looking around and shit. Is anybody watching? (laughs) Oh, of course, I love it. (laughs) Oh, jeez. It can happen here. Many Westerners are disturbed by what they read about China's social credit system, but such systems, it turns out, are not unique to China. A parallel system is developing in the United States, in part as the result of Silicon Valley and technology industry, technology industry user policies, and in part by surveillance of social media activity by private companies. Here are some of the elements of America's growing social credit system. So it's happening here, and like I said, it is through the private corporations and uh, your phone apps insurance companies the new york state department of financial services announced earlier this year that life insurance companies can base premiums on what they find in your social media posts that instagram pic showing you teasing a grizzly bear at yellowstone with a martini in one hand a bucket of cheese fries in the other and a cigarette in your mouth could cost you on the other hand a facebook post showing you doing yoga might save you money Insurance companies have to demonstrate that social media evidence points to a risk and not be based on discrimination of any kind. They can't use social posts to alter premiums based on race or disability, for example. Yeah, that's 
I don't know if I believe that. Uh, the use of social media as an extension of the lifestyle questions typically asked when applying for life insurance, such as questions about whether you engage in rock climbing or other adventure sports. Saying no, but then posting pictures of yourself free soloing El Capitan could count as a yes. So this is what social media was for. This is something you have to understand. This is what the internet was for. It's for collecting your data. And uh, it wasn't created by, you know, some dude in his fucking garage just to connect the world all together. Maybe at one point, one guy found something out, but it was created by, you know, black projects, by fucking DARPA and the Pentagon and stuff because it's a military tool. Anything that can have surveillance and have tabs on everybody in the whole entire world, you can bet it came out of the military industrial complex for a military agenda. And it's it's a brilliant system because back in the day, in the days of kings and queens and whatnot, you used to have to have spies, right? You'd have your spies that worked for the royal family and they would mingle about the regular people in the town and kind of dig dirt on people. You know, dig up the dirt, see what everyone's saying, see if uh, there's a revolution brewing or, or, you know, see what the public's thinking about stuff. And this was a very essential part to rulership because then you knew what to do. You knew what to say and you knew how to react to the public and kind of gain, um, you know, public acceptance and things like that. Now, you don't have to do any of that. You just, people voluntarily give up all of their information. And this information is all stored in these gigantic databases, you know, places like uh, the the big data centers they just built out in Reno that my uncle actually controlled all the fucking elect- electrical on the whole project. And essentially they're giant flash drives and stuff and that's where all of our information and our data goes. Everything you post on social media, everything you fucking say on your phone, all that stuff, it all gets databased and categorized and everybody's got their own little profile. You know, your personal profile that's deeming how much of a threat you are and stuff. This might not be public information yet, but it's there. It's it's real shit. And uh, they can even go so far as to run a virtual scenario and figure out how you would react to some sort of event. So let's say there was a terrorist attack, you know, or they want to do a false flag or something, something like 9-11. Well, they can use their supercomputers and AI and just all of the data that, and all the personal data points they've collected on all these people to run a scenario where something like that happens and then they could see how the public will react. Isn't that amazing? I mean, this is this is the time we live in right now. And that's that's pretty freaking crazy, man. Because, you know, they're using computers to run these virtual scenarios on fucking like all this crazy shit, you know? <laughs> so, um, you know, that technology is out there and but and yet you know, out of convenience and entertainment, we've been voluntarily giving up all of our data, you know, for like 20 years now on the internet. So they know everything about us. And uh, when you know everything about someone, you can control them. So pretty crazy. Uh, another app that's doing it is called Patron Scan. Now, this one's pretty crazy. Um, a company called Patron Scan sells three products, kiosk, desktop, and handheld systems designed to help bar and restaurant owners manage customers. See, you no longer serve customers. You no longer provide a service to them. You manage them. 
Okay, like like they fucking work for you or something, dude. I'm a customer. Give me a beer. I don't I don't want to be fucking managed by you. Manage your own fucking team. Get me a fucking beer. You know, I don't want to be managed by you. I just want to drink. <laughs> uh, Patron Scan is a subsidiary of the Canadian software company Serval Biometrics, and its products are now on sale in the U.S., Canada, Australia, and the U.K. Patron Scan. Patron Scan. Is it Patron or Patron? I think it's Patron. Patron Scan helps spot fake IDs and troublemakers. <laughs> when customers arrive at a patron scan using bar their id is scanned the company maintains a list of objectionable customers designed to protect venues from people previously removed for fighting sexual assault drugs theft or other bad behavior so maybe you know maybe you were at the bar and uh, you got into an argument with your girlfriend and you guys broke up and then the fucking bartender you know, size with the girl, even though she doesn't know what the fuck is going on. Maybe your girl is a cheating bitch or something, you know. But uh, the bar sides with the girl because she's a girl. And you didn't do nothing. You didn't hit her or whatever. And then uh, all of a sudden, you're thrown out of every bar in across three countries. Do you see how this is a not really a good technology? Because you're bypassing the whole legal system. You're just guilty. Fucking automatically because the bitch pouring drinks says so. And I, I'm using that as an example because that recently happened to a friend of mine. Uh, <laughs> but anyways, let me continue. Um, so you'll get removed for fighting, sexual assault, drugs, theft, and other bad behavior, whatever that means. And uh, a public list is shared among all patron scan customers. So someone who's banned by one bar in the U.S. is potentially banned by all the bars in the U.S., the U.K., and Canada that use the patron scan system for up to a year. But, good thing, patron scan in Australia keeps a separate system. So, if you get banned from all the bars in the US, UK, and Canada, you can still go to Australia and get a beer. What do they drink down there? Fosters. You can get a Fosters. Uh, judgment about what kind of behavior qualifies for inclusion on a patron scan list is up to the bar owners and managers. Individual bar owners can ignore the ban if they like. Data on non-offending customers is deleted in 90 days or less. Also, Patron Scan enables bars to keep a private list that is not shared with other bars, but on which bad customers can be kept for up to five years. Patron Scan does have an appeals process, but it's up to the company to grant or deny those appeals. So, that one's kind of the craziest to me, because, you know, shit happens when you're out, out on the town, you know? Fucking people are drinking and stuff. People do stupid shit. And uh, what what if you get in a fight and it's self-defense? You're kicked out of every bar everywhere? It's just insane. Um, this talks about Uber and Airbnb. And thanks to the sharing economy, the options for travel have been extended far beyond taxis and hotels. Uber and Airbnb are leaders in providing transportation and accommodation for travelers. But there are many similar ride-sharing and peer-to-peer -peer accommodation companies providing similar services. Airbnb, a major provider of travel accommodation and tourist activities, bragged in March that it now has more than 6 million listings in its system. That's why a ban from Airbnb can limit travel options. Airbnb can disable your account for life for any reason it chooses, and it reserves the right to not tell you the reason. <laughs> what the fuck? The company's canned message in the company's canned message, so you're canned, 
includes the assertion that this decision is irreversible and will affect any duplicated or future accounts. Please understand that we are not obligated to provide an explanation for the action taken against your account. The ban can be based on something the host privately tells Airbnb about something they believe you did while staying at their property. Airbnb's competitors have similar policies. So let's say you got an Airbnb. You're in San Francisco because I've gotten an Airbnb there. And uh, you're staying there for the night and you decide to go out on the town. Maybe you want to fucking see a movie or, you know, go to a bar or something. You come back and some bum fucking took a shit on the doorstep because that happens all the time in San Francisco. And maybe broke in and fucking took a shit on the kitchen table. And you get blamed for that. Now you can't go to any Airbnb. But maybe that's justified. That's an extreme example. But say you're not there, though, and they think you did something that you didn't do, then all of a sudden you can't stay at any of these accommodations all over the world. And what's going to happen when hotels and whatnot go out of business or when they're all using a similar technology and some incidents like that happens? And uh, essentially you're homeless now. You can't travel. You can't go anywhere. It's just like the Chinese social credit system but just through using private companies. So um, it's now easier to get banned by Uber too. Whenever you get out of the car after an Uber ride, the app invites you to rate the driver. What many passengers don't know is that the driver now also gets an invitation to rate you. Under a new policy announced in May, if your average rating is significantly below average, Uber will ban you from the service. Uh, WhatsApp. WhatsApp has the same shit. Whoa, what's going on? Oh, I cut out for a second. I'm back. At least I think. Am I still recording? Hello, hello. Yes, I am. Uh, WhatsApp. You can be banned from communication apps too. For example, you can be banned on WhatsApp if too many other users block you. You can also get banned for sending spam, threatening messages, trying to hack or reverse engineer the WhatsApp app, or using the service with an unauthorized app. WhatsApp is small potatoes in the U.S., but in much of the world, it's the main form of electronic communication. And that's true. When I traveled across Southeast Asia, everybody uses WhatsApp. It's just the shit. It's, you know, it's what they use. Uh, Not being allowed to use WhatsApp in some countries is as punishing as not being able to use the telephone system in America. Now, I like this. They actually go into why this is so fucking terrible. Uh, What's wrong with social credit anyway? Nobody likes antisocial, violent, rude, unhealthy, reckless, selfish, or deadbeat behavior. What's wrong with using new technology to encourage everyone to behave? The most disturbing attribute of a social credit system is not that it's invasive, but that it's extra legal. Crimes are punished outside the legal system, which means no presumption of innocence, no legal representation, no judge, no jury, no jury, and often no appeal. In other words, it's an alternative legal system where the accused have fewer rights. You have no fucking rights. You're fucking guilty, and they, you know whatever they say goes. Uh, social credit systems are an end run around the pesky complications of the legal system. Unlike China's government policy, the social credit system emerging in the U.S. is enforced by private companies. If the public objects to how these laws are enforced, it can't elect new rulemakers. So, can you see why that's not a good thing? An increasing number of societal privileges, in quotations, related to transportation, accommodations, communications, and the rates we pay for services like insurance, these are not privileges, these are essential fucking things you need to live. 
but that's what they're being categorized as so they can take them away from you. You know what I'm saying? Like it's not your right to be able to travel around or have a place to sleep or get a ride somewhere. Now it's a privilege. That's what, you know, that's how it is in a fucking communist totalitarian system. Uh, So an increasing number of societal privileges related to transportation, accommodation, communication, the rates we pay for services like insurance are either controlled by technology companies or affected by how we use technology services. And Silicon Valley's rules for being allowed to use these services are getting stricter. If current trends hold, it's possible that in the future a majority of misdemeanors and even some felonies will be punished not by Washington, D.C., but by Silicon Valley. It's a slippery slope away from democracy and towards corporatocracy. Corporatocracy. In other words, in the future, law enforcement may be determined less by the Constitution and legal code and more by end-user license agreements. You know those things that nobody ever reads, you just press agree? Yeah, you're agreeing to a lot of shit you shouldn't be agreeing to. And I do it too, so. Can't really blame you, but, man, fuck the social credit system. I don't like that shit. It's bad. It's a terrible thing. And it should not happen. But, uh, I don't know. You're you're not seeing too many people posting about that on Facebook. It's all about the Amazon. You know, something that, Nobody in the U.S. can do literally anything about unless you're a multi-billionaire. And even in that case, there's all the legal shit. You can't just roll up into someone's comp- or other country <laughs> and start dropping shit on their forest. Unless you're the U.S. and, you know, the other country is Vietnam and you're trying to murder everyone. But the normal person has no effect on what's happening in the rainforest. It's not our fault, no matter how much they want to tell you that. You know, just because you ate a burger, it's not your fucking fault that these people want to burn down their, you know, the jungle, which makes them no money. You know, they can't do anything with it. It's pretty much useless to them. And uh, they want to make the land usable. So, I mean, it's fucked up. Yeah, rainforests are nice, but have any of you even ever been to a rainforest? I would say no. Are you ever going to go? Probably not. But you want to save it because you've been told it's the lungs of the earth. And, uh, yeah, that's fine. You know, whatever you got to do to sleep at night. But all I'm saying is um, kind of try to read between the lines and just know that whenever a bunch of celebrities get on board to tell you all the bad shit that you're doing, then just know that there's a political policy because these celebrities... I think if they didn't do that shit, if people like Leonardo DiCaprio and Harrison Ford and, you know, whoever else comes out and fucking tells you what to do and uh, how we're killing the rainforest, if they don't do that, I'm pretty sure they would get murdered because in order to get put on in that industry, you got to do some shady shit. And especially when you're a big, big, big star, um, you got to play ball, man. And if you come out and try to expose it, then for one, you're blackballed from the industry. You won't have any work. You won't be able to pay your million dollar mortgage on your house, you know, per month. But on top of that, you know, if you're really making a difference, you're just going to get killed, man. And they know this. This is this is common practice and it has been for a long time. So, but, you know, we live in a society where we've been trained to look up to these type of people, these entertainers, 
Essentially, they're professional liars. What else is an actor but somebody who is really, really good at lying and pretending to be something that they're not? And isn't that telling of our own society when these are the people we hold in the highest esteem are just liars? You know, professional liars and actors. And uh, fucking rappers are right up there as well, dude, and musicians, because most of the people ain't living the shit they're talking about. And a lot of shit people talk about is just fucked up and ignorant anyways, so... But um, I guess a lot of our society is that way as well. And uh, I don't know, man. People think they're doing their part when they're reposting some shit about the Amazon. I beg to differ. I think there's some bigger issues going on that you can actually have some say in. Things like 5G, things like uh, the chemtrails being sprayed on us all the time. Things like, I don't know, man. 9-11, what about 9-11, man? Will we ever get justice? Um, actually, I did hear something recently about uh, the architects and engineers for 9-11 Truth, the group ran by a man named Richard Gage. They're planning on revealing some big shit at the beginning of September um, for the 19th, or was it 18th or 19th anniversary of 9-11? I guess it's 18 now. Um, so 9-11 is now old enough to buy cigarettes, almost, which is fucking crazy. No justice. Nobody's ever going to, nothing's ever going to come from it, I don't think. Um, that's old news, and by the time the truth, the supposed truth comes out, everybody will be dead who actually did it, and it'll just be like, yeah, I don't know. But, uh, yeah, the Richard Gage guy, I don't like any of those guys, because they all think that it was thermite that blew up the towers, and uh, I think it was a directed energy weapon. I align with Judy Wood and her book, Where Did the Towers Go? I highly encourage anybody to research that incredible textbook because she did all the fucking, the real work, man. And these other guys, I think uh, I think they're shills. I think they're people set up to fucking uh, muddy the waters and stuff and, and get people looking in the wrong, the wrong direction because that's a big part of the fucking truth community type thing is um, for misinformation agents to be put out there and get you to look in the wrong direction so you never know the truth. And the reason why they do that with 9-11 is because, for one, it was the it's the craziest shit to like ever happen in the history of the world, that attack. That shit was just nuts. I mean, it changed everything. Um, and number two, the technology that was used to do it is so important because this is directed energy weapons. This is weaponized free energy. You know, this is what Nikola Tesla came out with at the turn of the century back in the early 1900s. It's a technology that can power the whole entire world for free. No fossil fuels, no fucking wind power, solar, whatever. This is just the energy that permeates the whole entire universe. It's just there. You know, it's like the fucking origin universe, like the God fucking wavelength or something that's everywhere. Even in the vacuum, it's present. It's the ether. And, um, you know, Nikola Tesla invented ways to harness this power and use it to extract electricity. The electricity that's already there, it doesn't create electricity from nothing. It just transforms one form of energy into another. Vibrational energy into electrical energy, essentially, or something like that. But um, what happened? The fucking government weaponized all Tesla's shit. Maybe Tesla was working for the government at one point. I think he was. And um, 
you know, they created the fucking energy weapons. Fast forward 80, 100 years, 80 to 100 years, they use it to blow up the towers. And um, the thing with this technology, too, is it also aligns with um, the weather control as well. And being able to steer these storms and stuff, because on 9-11, there was a hurricane right off of the coast of Manhattan. Um, Right when the fucking towers blew up is when the hurricane, you know, was like on a dead course for hitting New York City. And then once the towers were obliterated and turned to dust, it fucking beelined it right back into the ocean, which never happens with hurricanes. Hurricanes have to hit land and then they dissipate that way. They don't just, you know, go towards land for weeks, you know, and then uh, turn around or something like they forgot something. (laughs) That doesn't happen. So that's the reason why um, everyone fucking hates on Judy Wood. And they just like, they can't, except that she fucking really did all the work and found out what actually happened because she did. And it's like, it's the best research on it by far, bar none. Um, she figured it out, but you know, there's all these people who are supposed to be in the truth movement that just like talk mad shit about her and they fucking trying to push her away. And the people like fucking, well, for, for one, uh, Richard Gage, the architects and engineer dude, James Corbett from the Corbett Report, he doesn't fuck with her. I mean, Joe Rogan, eh, that, he doesn't fuck with a lot of shit, but he ain't fucking with her. Uh, all these bigger names who have a significant following, they uh, they push away the real shit. You know? Meanwhile, I'm here, David Castle, giving you the knowledge. Very poorly done, but hey, man, my heart's in the right place. So uh, I hope you gain something from this talk. You know, I was all over the place, and maybe I'm just rambling, but uh, there's somebody out here listening, you know, every every time I look at my SoundCloud, it goes up a few, so hey, thanks for everyone who listens, really appreciate it, I'm going to send you out of here with a cool song, Um, hope you all have a great time, thank you very much, peace out. Love is a burning thing And it makes a fiery ring Bound by wild desire I fell into a ring of fire I fell into a burning ring of fire I went down, 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 and the flames went higher, and it burns, 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 the ring of fire, the ring of fire. I went down, 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 and the flames went higher, and it burns, 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 the ring of fire, the ring of fire. The taste of love is sweet, when hearts like ours meet. 
I fell for you like a child Oh, but the fire went wild I fell into a burning ring of fire I went down, down, down And the flames went higher And it burns, burns, burns The ring of fire The ring of fire I fell into a burning ring of fire I went down, down, down And the flames went higher And it burns, burns, burns The ring of fire The ring of fire And it burns, burns, burns The ring of fire The ring of fire